0: What's up people, Michael here with the Rare Petrol Podcast, bringing you another edition of what in the heck just happened in oil and gas for the week of June 24th, 2019. Time stands at about 10.40, Mountain Standard Time here on June 28th, a beautiful Friday. I'm coming to you actually a day later. I was in full car maintenance mode yesterday. I had pretty much everything taken out. I've got some big news coming up. Um, that we can, we'll we talk about at some point, you'll, you'll come across, but it required a lot of car maintenance yesterday, lots of it. My car uh, is in, uh, wasn't in rough shape, but we, 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 I got it all figured out, so don't, don't worry about it, just using my hands over here. Um, great show for you guys lined up. We've got trade talks to talk about upcoming with the G20 Summit. He, huge API draws. I think the commitment of traders shows a very interesting story that happened last week. And, as always, we'll look at the Wedge Trade of the Week. I don't think there's much clerical work this week, honestly. Just continue to subscribe to all of our stuff. News pulses were sent out. Just continue to subscribe. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Email us, podcast at rarepetro.com. I've got some questions lined up that we'll. I think we're going to do a little Q&A. On, uh, not really a and a you guys kind of ask me questions and I'll kind of fire them out. I've gotten a couple of them, so we'll see. But uh I think without further ado let's go ahead and uh dive right into it. So really kind of the theme this week is was was muted to begin with. Trump, uh President Donald Trump and President Xi, uh Xi Jinping, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but they're expected to meet actually tomorrow at the G20 summit. So this whole week was really just a setup up to see what happened there. There was one there was two huge events that happened. First the API came out and predicted a 7 million barrel draw. And the EIA came out and obliterated that number and said, no, 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 it was a 12.8, which was actually the biggest number we've ever seen since September 2016. But we'll get into that. So when we look at really, sorry, we'll go to the right chart here. When we go to really see, and look what happened this week. Monday, very muted day. Really what the market was really waiting for. It was just a... we, we, Let's we'll just see what happened. There's a little bit of an oversupply right now, but that's due to a lot of different factors. We have the Strait of Hormuz that's now uh, become an attack last week by Iran. And so there's a lot of um, issues that have sort of risen, you know, driven oil up. You know, oil started this week trading off when the park had opened at 57.66. And right now it's trading at 59.37. So the sentiment this week was up, and it was set by this. Um, there was a renewed fo- um, It was set early this week. The reason why it was so low this week was there was a slight issue with, man, maybe there's some oversupply. There was a, uh, a quote that I read somewhere. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, HB, HSBC, which actually I just watched a uh, documentary on, by the way. And it sounds like they're an absolutely criminal bank, but we'd we'd leave no judgment here. A quote from HBC says, we we have been surprised by the rack of load of crude price response to some of these events until just recently, which probably reflects the prevailing sentiment of a market in oversupply. So that's why you saw early on in this week, Monday, Tuesday, obviously before the API drops, you saw sort of muted pricing. There was a couple things you could have gotten in on. But really when we move into Tuesday, the big thing that happened was, and if we can zoom in, I'll zoom in on it here. Look at that 15-minute bar. I'm going to go ahead and move the market close. Look at that, daddy. That was about an 80-pip movement in, I think it was about four or five minutes when it dropped. We can look it down. An absolutely huge draw on the API. 7.55 million barrel draw absolutely came in and helped support the price this week. Bump that uh, puppy up from 57.88 to by the time trading was closed in the next 30 minutes, uh, 58.73. So there's your about dollar movement right there. And unbelievable. And that really just set the tone for then rolling into Wednesday. Because then what happened Wednesday? Well, the EIA came in and said, well, not too sure the 7.5 was big enough, and they come in and forecast, and they come in and say no, it was actually 12.8. The EIA is the official number. Remember, the API is just a guesstimate of what the EIA is. So when the EIA comes and says no, it's actually uh, there's actually a four million barrel extra that were th- that actually happened. That's going to come, and you can see it drove that price up before the API, before the EIA dropped. Oil was trading at about 59.17. By the time it was done trading, it settled at about 59.55, which was a good zone. And that's actually where we have our wedge trade of the week, which didn't go well. If we'll be on it, actually didn't go well for me. I didn't quite play it right. Then as we roll into Thursday and Friday, really I think the biggest thing was it's just waiting ahead. It's just waiting for this G20 summit. Not much really happened in the marketplace. It was super muted. Um, we did have the Fed come out and announce that they we are they are going to continue to do some rate cuts. But that more happens in the overall equities and security that m- more in the securities markets is that going to affect than really hardcore cr- crude oil. The real thing we're watching for, like I said, is these G20 summits. These are of uber important to um, what's going to happen to oil, and that's kind of what we see. So pretty muted week, but we had... Not not muted week per se, but it's pretty lame week other than just insane crude build. That's about really I think the thing of note that happened this week. If we go look at our long term chart, I've kind of just extended some volume benches out. That's what these green boxes are, and you can kind of see when you kind of work with volume benches and extend your boxes out, you can really get decent trading zones. So I mean, right now there's probably no trade to be made if you're a swing trader. You're looking at this to you know the, the, there's probably not quite enough information to make a trade. Maybe because you're on the outer half of a box, you could something but you know you could the, the problem is you could argue this could either go run you know it could go one of two ways you know you you look at some of these and so yeah that's kind of what our uh so we're kind of bouncing off that 50 percent fibonacci line right there um when we go look um the other thing i wanted to point out yes the commitment of traders so i gotta first off shout out trade pro academy these they they have a much cleaner version of of the commitment of traders to take a look at way easier than than looking at the actual um, I think they're using like courier new like the old school courier new you use like a, coming off a typewriter that they that they, that the, the the commodities futures exchange actually puts out so this is a much cleaner version to look at and I just wanted to give shout out to Trade Pro Academy they're actually a great source of uh, research information if you ever wanted to check it out it's called Trade Pro Academy love the guy I think the guy who runs his name George Papazopoulos, great guy brilliant by the way but uh when we look at really what happened to the committed traders i think the biggest thing that we see is we look here in the managed money which is the hedge fund traders what are the big boy players doing first off not much movement a lot of these swaps guys you know not much movement in either the the swaps or the hedger but really what we see is when we look at the managed money which are hardcore private equity and hedge fund guys there's two things we see one 25 shed twenty five thousand contracts what that signals to me is that there was a lot of uh, of these hedge fund guys short and their buy stops got their buy stops got triggered so they're unloading all of their short positions because the market is now turning upward and that's what so my my, my you, you probably saw a lot of buy stops get hit last week you can see 8,000 contracts added on the long side so I mean you can see that ratio is 20 you know you only have about you have about 200,000 contracts long and about 71,000 to the short but it was about it wasn't about a more of a two to one ratio now it's about more like a three to one ratio after you shed those 25 contracts so you know interesting to see you know them hedge fund boys they're getting long so if that signals anything to you guys um let's go ahead and dive into our wedge channel of the week which actually i traded and i and i lost because i had no patience so really what we're looking at here is this is going to occur um this this occurred the 26th so wednesday right after the eia at about uh uh ten thirty, eleven, 11 um something like that so the, we see the EIA right here at 8:30 runs it up we can see that huge 1 minute I mean we're on a 1 minute chart right here let's go ahead and make this bigger um let's go ahead and make this bigger here and you can see that one minute price bar just absolutely shot up and then you saw it coming down and what we were able and what we was able to identify was what we uh, was a really nice wedge that was coming up you know we have three touches here which means it's about to break somewhere whether it's to the top or the north and then once the EIA came out we saw uh, we saw a change we saw a change of the direction of the slope as you can see it went that way and then the and then it came down, so that's how we can form our wedge right there. And what you can see is the question was exactly when it comes to this point. This is what we call an inflection point. The question is, what's going to happen? Is it going to go up or down? My guess that it, my guess is what my guess was. It, excuse me, my guess was that it was going to go down, and ultimately it did. The problem was I entered the trade about right here, and when I saw it get up to right here, my buy stop got triggered, got out of, was exited of my position for about a hundred dollar loss and the price proceeded to fall exactly like I want. It's a classic case of underpatience. I'm guilty of it all the time. The key is just being patient, and that's where... Uh, and then so that would have been... It would have been the best trade I made all week. I just had zero patience for it, and so um, learn... You know, it's called learning by doing. Learn from my mistakes. When you see a beautiful wedge trade line up like this, just go with it. Go with your gut. You know, the, the analysis was right. The, the correct position was short. Just got to be patient. So... That's my recommendation for you guys this way. Be patient and watch out for those G20 talks tomorrow. There could, If there's some insane stuff that that drops tomorrow, by the time the market opens Sunday at 5, it will be an unbelievable run. So you know, if anything crazy happens, we will make sure to be on it. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys get back to work. Thank you for checking out What in the Heck Just Happened in Oil and Gas for June 24th, 2019. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me modernize the oil field.